Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to understand in a deeper way today who we are. And help us to learn the example we see in John the Baptist. We pray this in your name. Amen. From the time we wake up in the morning till the time we go to bed at night, we're hearing voices. Okay, we're hearing audible voices. We're seeing images that affect us. Get up in the morning, maybe you take out your phone, you, you go and check out the news, and you, you see news. It affects you. Some of the news might be true. Some of them might be opinions. Some might be fake news. We go through the day, and we hear different people talking to us, text messages, emails, commercials that we see. The list goes on and on, and we hear all these voices all day long. And my question is, what percent of those voices are bringing to us things that help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus? And what are things that are purely worldly? In fact, some of these things may pull us away from Jesus. If you broke down all the things we see and hear over the course of the day, how does this stuff affect us? And believe it or not, it affects us a lot. You know, I was reading this book talking about, you know, how what's happening in Christianity today, and it laid out that our young people aged from about 15 to 25 spend about 8 to 10 hours a day in front of screens. And it also laid out what percent of that screen time is spent taking things that pertain to their faith and what percent just secular, worldly things. And for Christians, it was 10% had things that helped them in their Christian journey, 90% just worldly things. Now I want you to imagine this. This last um, week I had to clean out, I've got two 10-gallon fish tanks. It was not intentional that I have two tanks because I, I bought two fish and they were both male, supposed to be, and now I have like 100 fish. Um, they weren't, I guess one was male, one was female. I just kept having more and more babies. And so now I've got them con condensed down to two 10-gallon tanks. I changed the water. And imagine if I put nine gallons of polluted water in there and one gallon of, of pure, clean water in the tank. How well is fish going to do? Not very good, Right. I think one of the biggest challenges we have as Christians in this world today is we have to be careful that we're not polluted by the world because we're called upon to take in the right voices and be selective as far as what we take in, but also we're called to be the voice of God. And I want to lay out for us today the example that we see in, in John the Baptist. We just heard the text for today from John chapter 1. You see, for 400 years, Israel had not had a prophet. You know, 400 years before, it was, you had the, the fall of Jerusalem, and you had, you know, the captivity, all kinds of prophets back then. Then for 400 years, complete silence, no prophets from God. Dramatic silence. And all of a sudden, John the Baptist comes on the scene. And he's a wild man. He's wearing these wild clothes, camel hair, and leather belt, he's eating locusts and wild honeys. He's a um, very dramatic individual calling people to repent. And people are flocking to him in droves. And he lived out in the wilderness. He wasn't polluted by the world. His message was very pure and, and very much straightforward. Repent. Prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord. And so the church of that time 
the, the Jewish church at that time was becoming very jealous because all these people flocking to John, and he was so different from the way they were doing things, so they sent some of their priests and, and some other people to go and find out who is this guy. And they go to John the Baptist and they kind of say, who are you? First thing he says is, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. They ask, are you Elijah? Because one was supposed to come in the spirit of Elijah. And in some regards, John is kind of like that. But he says, no. No, I'm not Elijah. Are you the prophet? You see, there's a lot of prophets in the Old Testament. But Moses prophesied about a prophet greater than all the others. He says, no. I'm not the prophet. Well, then who are you? We need to bring account to the people that sent us. Tell us who you are. He says, I'm a voice. I'm a voice. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make a level highway for the Lord. Basically, what he's saying is, you know what? He says, I'm really nothing. Okay? I'm really nothing. In fact, later on in John, he says, I must become less. He must become greater. The guy was like a rock star. He was popular, but he said, you know what? I'm really nothing compared to the one who's coming. I'm nothing compared to Jesus. I'm a voice to point people to Jesus. Back in that day and age, whenever a king would make a journey, they had road crews go out in front of the king. They had to repair the potholes and the, the ruts in the road and, and make it level because the king needs to be on level surface. And John's saying, I'm the road crew for Jesus. I'm preparing the way for him. I'm filling in the ruts. I'm filling in the holes. The bottom line is his whole purpose is to point people to who? Jesus. A voice for Jesus. And when we think about that example from John, what does it tell us? And I believe what it tells us is that we're called upon to be what? A voice for God. You see, God speaks to us through his word. And his word is powerful. And that word is to impact us. And, and we're to be a voice to who? Number one, to our family. Be a voice to our family, to our children or the people in our family. It could be ex expanded family. Be a voice to them. You know, parents especially, be a voice to your children about Jesus. You know, the, the um, small catechism was written um, by Martin Luther, and it was addressed initially to fathers. This is for fathers to teach their children. Fathers, are we doing that? I know mothers are doing it, and fathers and mothers working together for their children and our family. Next to be a voice to one another, like we are in this church. This church is really good about being a voice to one another, encouraging one another, being the voice of God to one another, the voice of his word, being a voice to our community, this is something we're working more and more strategically at doing as a congregation. And being a voice to the world. These are all important. But how is this going to happen? How do we accomplish this? Number one is to take the word of God into ourselves. The Bible says that Jesus was the word that became flesh. He was a walking Bible. These are his words. Every time we open up these words, this is the voice of God to us. These are his words. And the whole idea is to take these words into ourselves. You know, over the last year, I did a project um, for St. Mark, and I spent a lot of time doing it, probably hundreds of hours, putting together a Through the Bible in a Year program, which is online. 
And I did it. Hopefully, it'll be online here for, for decades to come. And there's like a reading list. There's questions to answer for your, your weeks of reading. And then there is a video that summarizes what you read for the week. And I did that because I take very literally what Jesus said. He said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. To obey everything, what is everything? That's the whole what? Bible. To learn the entire scriptures. That feels it's so important that we make a plan. We're finishing up 2019. We're heading towards 2020. And I pray we have 2020 vision when it comes to God's Word to really make a plan on how we're going to be in the Word of God this coming year. We have resources online. We have Bible studies. Make a plan to be more deep in the Word of God, to take the Word into ourselves. The second thing is to live out His Word. There are three key words that we focus on now with our mission statement. Spent a lot of time this last year focusing on our vision and our mission. Connect, build, and live. Connecting people to Jesus. Okay, that's being a voice, to connect people to Jesus. To build up ourselves, build ourselves up in the Word, but help others to be built up in the Word of God. And then to live the Word. If we are living the Word of God, guess what? We're a voice. We're a voice through our actions. We'll be a voice through our words. Which leads to the next thing. Speak when necessary. I'm convinced in this day and age, actions speak louder than words. We're hearing words all day long. And we, you know, I witnessed a workshop not too long ago. I had another one in February. The last time we had the workshop, it was pouring rain, and a lot of people couldn't make us. So we're going to do it again. We still had almost 25 people at that session. And there's three different groupings of people. There's those that are unreceptive, those that are receptive, and those that are seeking. If someone's unreceptive, is it a good idea to start telling them all about Jesus? No. We have to walk alongside of people. Be there. Listen. Ask questions. I think sometimes Christians talk too much to let our actions speak even louder. And when the opportunity is there, then we share. When the Holy Spirit gives us that open door to talk, speak when necessary, but to be a voice. And to be a voice is not just by what we say, but also through what we do. And the fourth thing is fulfill your calling. Fulfill your calling. Every one of us has a special calling from God. God has put something on your heart, okay? I truly believe this. To be open to what that is. It could be at your work, your neighborhood. It could be, you know, somewhere else. It could be, you know, locally. It could be internationally. God is putting something on your heart. If you're not sure what it is, keep praying about it. And when it's revealed to you, my advice is do it. Walk through that door. See what he has for you. Now think about people in history. You know, as far as even some contemporary voices, the first one's not all that contemporary. It's contemporary compared to when the Bible was written, but Martin Luther. He's always been a hero to me. When I was a, probably about nine years old, the church I was at had this book fair. And there was this book on the shelf they were selling. It's called Here I Stand, about the life of Martin Luther. For some reason, I wanted that book. And every Sunday, I'd tell my dad, buy that book for me. He said, no. Well, Christmas came, and I took the wrapping paper off this kind of little small square thing. Guess what it was? It was that book. My first introduction to Martin Luther, and I, I read that book through and through and to learn about the life of this man. An amazing person who was a voice in history. And here we are 500 years later still talking about what he did. 
a voice that just keeps going forward. A man who pointed strictly to Scripture and says, you know, stand on the Word of God. Be a voice of the Word of God. You know, for many decades, Billy Graham was a great voice in our country and our world. He's gone to be with, with the Lord. And I've been thinking, who's like the, the main voice now in the world? And it seems like there's really not any one person. There's different pastors that are well-known and speakers and so forth. But I think some of the biggest heroes, their voices are just the, the average, ordinary people. One person I want to talk about, a person I know very well, his name is Dave Ellison. He's a bass player for a well-known heavy metal band called Megadeth. And I know him really well. I, he was at the last church I was at. And before I went to that church and took that call, I talked to him about starting a worship service to kind of reach another cross-section of people. And it was called Mega Life. We got a second campus, and that service grew to help our average worship attendance increase by nearly 500 per week. And even if, you know, I went to a lot of his concerts. I'm not a big heavy metal fan, but I just wanted to experience what he's doing and got the backstage passes. When you go backstage, you know, you think heavy metal band, party, you know, drugs, alcohol. Now they're back there praying with people, sharing their faith. He's a voice that goes around the world in that way. Unique voice is what the world needs today. I've got to be honest with you. Christianity in America is struggling as far as organized religion. Okay? Churches are, more than 80% of our churches are declining or at best plateaued. That's what's happening. People are leaving Christian churches in droves, especially missing our younger generations. And what's it going to take? Voices? They come through in different ways, new ways. Maybe you can think of voice in your life. It could be parents. It could be, you know, um, neighbors. It could be pastors, Sunday school teachers, youth directors. Voice in different ways. I want to share for a little bit about my journey as far as my voice. And for over 30 years, I was a pastor mainly of leading larger churches. In my last three years of ministry, I can honestly say I really was restless uh, for the first time in ministry, the church I was at, we were plateau. We weren't growing anymore. It was driving me nuts. And I began to think about it and, and pray about it. And finally, I felt God leading me to walk away from that church. It was a very comfortable situation. Good church. Still a very strong church. But I felt God calling me to do something else. And so I just walked away and told the, the leadership, you know, I feel that God's leading me in a new direction. I want to work with pastors. And so I got done and finished up there and made a website and, and you know, just um, thought, okay, I'm expecting the phone to start ringing and the phone wasn't ringing. I didn't understand that just doing a website isn't good enough to get a business going. And, but I had about five months to myself. And what I found during that time is myself. God wanted me to have five months to discover myself in a deeper way. To read scripture, not for, you know, sermons and Bible studies and, and seminars, but to read scripture just for me. And wow, did I grow. And I found myself. And then I was ready. And then God opened up the doors, and the last year I got a chance to work with over 30 different pastors. And I've just seen things grow exponentially. There's four churches I worked with that are about ready to close that are now staying open. And there's one church I want to talk about today. They're celebrating their 145th anniversary today. They're celebrating it with nine baptisms. They're baptizing three adults and, and nine or six children today. But October 25th, something even special happening, you'll see this in a little bit, 
But just going back a year, the pastor of this church called me up, and I, I knew him when I was back in Michigan, and I, I helped him more than 20 years ago, but he's saying, John, our church is dying. They didn't think they were going to make it to 145 years. He says, and I got cancer. In the last year, you know, I've, I've coached him from a distance. I never went out there. I just coached him. You know, I could use you know, this amazing technology we have today to work with people from a distance. And I encouraged him, and I encouraged him to get strategic partnerships, and I encouraged him to reach out to this retired pastor who started attending his church and preached for him most of the last year. And I encouraged him to, to find another pastor or a church worker to help lead his congregation out of the community, and maybe he would have to try to raise his own money. It's a model that I've been seeing, a model I'm trying to live out myself. And, and so he found that in the last year he's gone through you know, chemo, radiation, hormone therapy, the church has grown from 25 in worship to almost 100. And on Reformation Sunday, this happened. Please watch the screen. Inside the brick wall of Deacon's Bethlehem Weekly Church on the Forty East Side, something special is happening to that Sunday. And the group of new foundations will be built. So the pastor of James, he is from Pakistan, and it's just so exciting to see what God is doing at that congregation. And what I realize is a lot of isolated pastors out there, and just to be a voice to encourage them, and that's kind of the calling I feel that God has put in my heart. And it's kind of led to where I am now, that this last Tuesday we had a voters meeting here, and it was decided by this congregation that, you know, we want to do more in the community. In fact, we had a series of three meetings where we invite you to come and we, we ask you, what do you see in, you know, a year, three years, five years, ten years, you know, up to 25 years? What do you see? 
And I'm, I sat in amazement listening to what you all said. And one of the sessions that said, yeah, in, in 25 years, we want to have 10,000 in worship. Wow. I'm thinking, you know, I wasn't quite thinking that high, but I'm thinking, that's incredible. Is that going to happen on this campus here? It's going to happen through our community and out in the world. And so the position I've been asked to, to fill um, more in a full-time position is coming here rather than part-time is to be a missionary at large for St. Mark, to take us more onto the community and the world. And a couple of initial things we'll be working on, there's a church in South Scottsdale called Holy Cross. The church has been struggling, and I was working with their pastor and doing a little bit of work there. Um, but they have a more than a 50-year history, and they need a lot of love and support. And there's already some progress being made there, but one of the churches we're going to be working with to encourage and partnering with is that church, hopefully to allow them to have things like we just saw on the screen. There's another um, Lutheran school up towards Anthem. It's called North Valley Christian Academy. And it's a um, preschool through high school, Lutheran school, not affiliated with any church. Beautiful facility. We've been meeting with their leadership um, about the possibility of, of partnering with them, but starting, you know, a worship service Sunday mornings eventually on their campus there. These are two things we're looking at. Also, we're going to be doing an online church this next year. If we have an online church, where do we have access to? The entire world. We look at the possibility of house churches. We have a, a young man in our midst um, who's thinking about going into, into ministry. Um, Rich Horner back there in the corner. He's, you know, he's you know, feeling, calling from God to go into ministry, and we're looking at a lot of different types of things to advance God's kingdom starting here and going out to the world. And so I want to encourage your prayers and encourage your involvement. But also the question is, what is God calling you to do? What kind of a voice are you going to be to the world? Okay, I want you to know, even as I'm doing this missionary large work, you're still going to see me around here. Okay, I'm not going to be gone all the time. I'll be back, back around and still preach once in a while and get Pastor Mike a break. And by the way, Pastor Mike's an amazing pastor. And I love the staff here, the leadership here, this congregation. You're an amazing church. And I feel that God has prepared your hearts for the next phase of this to take this even more out to the community and the world. I truly believe it's what God wants us to do. We're living in a day and age. We can't just sit and wait for people to come to us. God is calling us to do what? To go to them. And so what is God putting your, what is the voice you are to carry out? And I want to encourage us to be open to what that voice is. And I want to end where I began. Who am I? Who are you? And I pray that we realize more than ever, I'm a voice. I'm a voice for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, this world needs the right voices, voices that are like John the Baptist, voices that direct people to you. Lord, help us to listen to the right voices. Help us to be that voice for others. And we pray more and more individually and collectively that we, as your church, will grow in our boldness to be a voice in a world that so desperately needs to hear and see what the truth is. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.